0: Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Second Canto, Chapter 9, Texts 41 through 46. TEXTS 41 AND 42 Narada, the most dear of the inheritor sons of Brahma, always ready to serve his father, strictly follows the instructions of his father by his mannerly behavior, meekness, and sense control. Narada very much pleased his father and desired to know all about the energies of Vishnu, the master of all energies. For Narada was the greatest of all sages, and the greatest of all devotees, O King. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda Lord Brahmā, being the creator of all living beings in the universe, is originally the father of several well-known sons, like Dāksha, the Chattu-sanas, and Narada. In three departments of human knowledge disseminated by the Vedas, namely, fruitive work, karma Kanda, transcendental knowledge, jnana Khanda, and devotional service, upasana Kanda, Devarshi-narada inherited from his father Brahma, devotional service, whereas Daksha inherited from his father, fruitive work, and Sanaka, Sanātana, etc., inherited from their father information about the Gyan Kanda, or transcendental knowledge. But out of them all, Nārada is described here as the most beloved son of Brahmā, because of his good behavior, obedience, meekness, and readiness to render service unto the father. And Nārada is famous as the greatest of all sages, because of his being the greatest of all devotees. Narada is the spiritual master of many famous devotees of the Lord. He is the spiritual master of Prahlad, Dhruva and Vyas, down to the forest animal hunter Kīrāta. His only business is to turn everyone to the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Therefore, all these features of Narada make him the dearmost son of his father, and all this is due to Narda's being a first class devotee of the Lord. The devotees are always anxious to know more and more about the Supreme Lord, the master of all energies. As confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita ten nine macita Madgata Prana paras Parasparam Katayantas chamam Nityam ca ramanti Ramanticha. The Supreme Lord is unlimited, and His energies are also unlimited. No one can know them completely. Brahmaji, being the greatest living entity within the universe, and being directly instructed by the Lord, must know more than anyone within the universe, although such knowledge may not be complete. Thus, it is the duty of everyone to ask about the unlimited lord from the spiritual master in the disciplic succession of Brahma, which descends from Narada to Vyas, from Vyas to Sukadev, and so on. Text forty three The great sage Narada also inquired in detail from his father, Brahma, the great-grandfather of all the universe, after seeing him well-satisfied. Report by Srila Prabhupada The process of understanding spiritual or transcendental knowledge from the realized person is not exactly like asking an ordinary question from the schoolmaster. The schoolmasters in the modern days are paid agents for giving some information. But the spiritual master is not a paid agent, nor can he impart instruction without being authorized. In the Bhagavad Gita 4.34, the process of understanding transcendental knowledge is directed as follows tadvini pranipatena pari prashnena sevaya upateksyanti te gyanam gyaninas tatvadarshina. arjuna was advised to receive transcendental knowledge from the realized person by surrender questions and service receiving transcendental knowledge is not like exchanging dollars such knowledge has to be received by service to the spiritual master. As Brahmājī received the knowledge directly from the Lord by satisfying Him fully, similarly, one has to receive the transcendental knowledge from the spiritual master by satisfying Him. The spiritual master's satisfaction is the means of assimilating transcendental knowledge. One cannot understand transcendental knowledge simply by becoming a grammarian. The Vedas declare, Only unto one who has unflinching devotion to the Lord and to the spiritual master does transcendental knowledge become automatically revealed. From the Svetasvatara Upanishad, 6.23 Such relationship between the disciple and the spiritual master is eternal. One who is now the disciple is the next spiritual master, and one cannot be a bona fide and authorized spiritual master unless one has been strictly obedient to his spiritual master. Brahmājī, as a disciple of the Supreme Lord, received the real knowledge and imparted it to his dear disciple, Nārādā. And similarly, Nārādā, as spiritual master, handed over this knowledge to Vyās, and so on. Therefore, the so-called formal spiritual master and disciple are not facsimiles of Brahmā and Nārādā, or Nārādā and Vyās. The relationship between Brahmā and Nārādā is reality, while the so-called formality is the relation between the cheater and the cheated. It is clearly mentioned herewith that Narada is not only well-behaved, meek, and obedient, but also self-controlled. One who is not self-controlled, specifically in sex life, can become neither a disciple nor a spiritual master. One must have disciplinary training in controlling speaking, anger, the tongue, the mind, the belly, and the genitals. One who has controlled the particular senses mentioned above is called a Goswami. Without becoming a Goswami, one can become neither a disciple nor a spiritual master. The so-called spiritual master, without sense control, is certainly the cheater and the disciple of such a so-called spiritual master, is the cheated. One should not think of Brahmājī as a dead great-grandfather, as we have the experience on this planet. He is the oldest great-grandfather, and he is still living, and Narada is also living. The age of the inhabitants of Brahmāloka planet is mentioned in the Bhagavad-gītā the inhabitants of this small planet Earth can hardly calculate even the duration of one day of Brahma. Text 44 Thereupon, the supplementary Vedic literature, Srimad Bhagavatam, which was described by the Personality of Godhead and which contains ten characteristics, was told with satisfaction by the father, Brahma, to his son, Narada. PURPORT I. Śrīla Prabhupāda Although the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam was spoken in four verses, it had ten characteristics, which will be explained in the next chapter. In the four verses, it is first said that the Lord existed before the creation, and thus the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam includes the Vedanta aphorism, Janmadya Asya. Janmadya Asya is the beginning. Yet the four verses in which it is said that the Lord is the root of everything that be beginning from the creation up to the supreme abode of the Lord, naturally explain the ten characteristics. One should not misunderstand, by wrong interpretations, that the Lord spoke only four verses, and that therefore all the rest of the 17,994 verses are useless. The ten characteristics, as will be explained in the next chapter, require so many verses just to explain them properly. Brahmājī had also advised Narada previously that he should expand the idea he had heard from Brahmājī. Śrī Caitanya Mahāprabhu instructed this to Śrīla Rūpa Goswāmī in a nutshell, but the disciple, Rūpa Goswāmī, expanded this very elaborately, and the same subject was further expanded by Jīva Goswāmī and even further by Sri Viswanath Chakrabarti Thakur. We are just trying to follow in the footsteps of all these authorities. So Srimad Bhagavatam is not like ordinary fiction or mundane literature. It is unlimited in strength, and however one may expand it according to one's own ability, Bhagavatam still cannot be finished by such expansion. Srimad Bhagavatam, being the sound representation of the Lord, is simultaneously explained in four verses and in four billion verses, all the same, inasmuch as as the Lord is smaller than the atom and bigger than the unlimited sky. Such is the potency of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam. Text 45. In succession, O King, the great sage Narada instructed Srimad Bhagavatam unto the unlimitedly powerful Vyasadeva, who meditated in devotional service upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Absolute Truth, on the banks of the river Sarasvati. Report, Aishvila Prabhupada In the fifth chapter of the first canto of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, Narada instructed the great sage Vyāsadeva, as follows. Ato bhaga bhagavana mogya drikh suci-śrava-satya-ratodrita-vṛta o rakrama syaikila bandha nusmara Tadvichesti Tam. O greatly fortunate, pious philosopher, your name and fame are universal, and you are fixed in the absolute truth with spotless character and infallible vision. I ask you to meditate upon the activities of the Personality of Godhead, whose activities are unparalleled. So in the disciplic succession from the Brahma Sampradaya, the practice of yoga meditation is not neglected. But because the devotees are bhakti yogis, they do not undertake the trouble to meditate upon the impersonal brahman. As indicated here, they meditate on brahma-paramam, or the supreme brahman. Brahman Brahman-realization begins from the impersonal effulgence. But by further progress of such meditation, Manifestation of the Supreme Soul Paramatma Realization takes place. And progressing further, Realization of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is fixed. Srinarda Muni, as the spiritual master of Vyasadeva, knew very well the position of Vyasadeva, and thus he certified the qualities of Srila Vyasadeva as fixed in the Absolute Truth with a great vow etc. Narada advised meditation upon the transcendental activities of the Lord. Impersonal Brahman has no activities, but the Personality of Godhead has many activities, and all such activities are transcendental, without any tinge of material quality. If the activities of the Supreme Brahman were material activities, then Narada would not have advised Vyasadeva to meditate upon them. And the Param Brahma is Lord Sri Krishna, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita. In the tenth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, when Arjuna realized the factual position of Lord Krishna, he addressed Lord Krishna in the following words Param Brahma, Param Dhamma, Pavitram Paramambhavan. Puruṣam śāsvatam devyam, ari devam ajam vibum. Aḥustvam rśayā sarve, devar Shir naradas tatā. Asito Devalovyasa Swayam svayam cāva me. Arjuna summarized the purpose of the Bhagavad Gita by his realization of Lord Sri Krishna, and thus said. My dear Personality of Godhead, you are the Supreme, Absolute Truth, the original person in the eternal form of bliss and knowledge. And this is confirmed by Narada, Asita, Devala, and Vyasadeva. And above all, your personal self has also confirmed it. Bhagavad Gita 10, 12, and 13 When Vyasadeva fixed his mind in meditation, he did it in bhakti-yoga trance and actually saw the Supreme Person with maya, the illusory energy, in contraposition. As we have discussed before, the Lord's maya, or illusion, is also a representation because maya has no existence without the Lord. Darkness is not independent of light. Without light, no one can experience the contraposition of darkness. However, this maya, or illusion, cannot overcome the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but stands apart from Him, apashrayam. Therefore, perfect meditation is realization of the Personality of Godhead along with His transcendental activities. Meditation on the impersonal Brahman is a troublesome business for the meditator. As confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, 12.5 Klesho-dikara-tas-tesam (inaudible) avyakta the sum. Text 46 Okay, your questions as to how the universe became manifested from the gigantic form of the Personality of Godhead, as well as other questions, I shall answer in detail by explanation of the four verses already mentioned. Purport As stated in the beginning of the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, this great transcendental literature is the ripened fruit of the tree of Vedic knowledge. And therefore all questions that can be humanly possible regarding the universal affairs, beginning from its creation, are all answered in the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam. The answers depend only on the qualification of the person who explains them. The ten divisions of Srimad Bhagavatam, as explained by the great speaker Srila Sukadeva Goswami, are the limitation of all questions, and intelligent persons will derive all intellectual benefits from them by proper utilization. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the second canto. Ninth Chapter of the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, entitled Answers by Citing the Lord's Version